Shalom Aleichem, welcome one, welcome all to a new round, a new start. As we begin a new master, we've concluded Sefer Mada. Oh, welcome to those who are joining us on Facebook, on Chabad.org, those who are watching at a later point in time. On behalf of all the people who have spent the time and energy to put together today's Siyam, my name is Raleigh Resnick, and I'd like to welcome each and every one of you as we celebrate the conclusion of a book, we celebrate the conclusion of Sefer Mada. Yes, it might be the introductory book, it might be the book that uh, is the gateway to all the other books, but we do so in the effort to be able to strengthen ourselves and to give us more chizuk on the Sumachser Rambam. And uh, we can have no more appropriate an individual to help celebrate the conclusion of Sefer Mada than Rabbi Friedman. Rabbi Friedman, of course, needs no introduction. And usually when an MC says that someone doesn't need an introduction, they usually then spend the next five minutes introducing them. But Rabbi Friedman truly doesn't need any introduction. And we'd like to welcome Rabbi Friedman here to please give us an oomph here. Rabbi Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Friedman. Good evening. Shalom. Good evening, good evening. And Mazel Tov on the conclusion of Sefer Mada. So it all begins in the beginning. So uh, can you take us through the beginning? The Rambam opens his book, and he tells us that the foundation of Judaism is to know that there's an Eberster. He doesn't use the word to believe. And I guess I, our opening question here is, does he want us to know? In other words, should we prove it? Is that what he means by the word to know? Does he want us to sit there and logically prove that there's a God? Are we supposed to be sure of it? If you believe it, you're not sure. He wants us to really be sure of it. What does the Rambam mean when he tells us the foundation of Judaism is to know? And what are we supposed to know? And if you can sum that up in... in uh, 20 seconds all of Judaism, that would be great. Yeah, 10 seconds will be enough. <laughs> uh, to know means to get close. To get close. Because there's no way that you can love without getting close. So if he's unknowable, then he's unlovable. So without the knowledge, everything breaks down. Everything comes to a halt. There's no place to go. So, it, it, and believing is different. So, believing is not closeness. No. See, believing comes from the fact that you can't know. Belief is reserved for things that are unknowable. So, if you believe in something, it means it's very far above you, beyond you, unreachable, untouchable. That is not. That is not. That doesn't produce Ahava. And that's why he says in Tanya that Ahava and Yira come from Seichel, not from Emunah. They come from Chochmah and Bina, are the parents of the emotions, not, not Emunah. As far as Emunah is concerned, you can believe truly and deeply and do the exact opposite of what he wants. And that's not hypocritical. That's the nature of Emunah. Ganva Pumachtarte Rahmanakarya. He has Emunah. He knows that without a Debishta's help, no 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 project can be successful. His project is to break into a house and rob it. So he's asking the Abishta to help him because he knows that without that. His, his, his theft will be unsuccessful. So, so the Rambam means that the, the foundation of Yiddishkeit is to have an awareness that will bring to 
emotion. That's when the Rambam opens the entire book. That's the entire Yiddishkeit in the Rambam. That's the foundation of Judaism. That's the, yeah, the principle of all principles and the, the foundation of all wisdom. But he uses the word leida, not chokhmah, not bina, das. Mm-hmm. Connection. Das means closeness. So the question is, aren't we told, aren't we taught and reminded constantly that less machshavat visabeh? We're told that no one, no one can understand him. No one can know him. He is unknowable. And the Rambam says that in this book as well. Because it's true. <laughs> he can't. He can't deny it. And at the same time, the uh, the foundation of all of it is to get to know him. So the Altarebbe clears it up in Tanya very clearly. And by the way, the Altarebbe and the, and, the, and the Rambam are almost always saying the same thing. Anyway, so the Altarebbe clears it up. The Altarebbe says, because the Abish that is less Machshavatri Sabei, that's why he puts himself into Torah so that kol So you're right. Of course, naturally, whatever that means, we should not be able to know him. Even the highest angels don't understand him and know him. And yet we have a mitzvah. Literally, it's a mitzvah, Yediyas Hashem. So how do, how do we resolve that, that, that contradiction? The unknowable God makes himself knowable in Torah. Uh-huh. The Alter Rebbe used to say, Ata das. Ata, you, Atzmos ain't safe. Heresa hasich bavizn. You, you made yourself visible. So that that's that's a, a very strong um, a very strong emphasis has to be made on the fact that the Rambam says that the beginning of all wisdom is not emuna and it's not ahava it's yediya so, and that's why we need to learn Hasidus. Because the only place in Torah where you actually get Yediyas Hashem is in Hasidus. Let's Kabbalah, move from this. Okay, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Please finish. Kabbalah is all the right information, but nobody knows what it's saying. <laughs> <laughs> so it's let's nice. jump from here to another another part of Mada. And the Rambam seems to be really infatuated. He's infatuated with Bechira. It, free choice is something that the Rambam spends a lot of time on. So I guess the question is, I mean, obviously, he tells us that without that, there's no reward of punishment. But what, why is that so fundamental to being a Jew? And uh, Rambam has to talk about it in, in his book of, of, of halachas. This is something which we have to know as a halachic Jew to follow Judaism. We have to know this. What's all, what, what is this Bechir all about? Very closely related to Yudias Hashem. If you want to understand the Ibrishta, you have to understand what Bechir is and why it is. 
Why, why is Bechira a positive thing? All it means is that I can mess up. I have freedom of choice. What's so special about it? I can sin. What is that? Why, why is that a compliment to the human being? We would be much better off without Bechira. And, and where do we have freedom of choice? In what? Everything is Bahashgacha Pratis. So the house you buy, the shoes you're wearing, the, the, the person you marry, none of that is Bechira. Which is good, because we don't know who to marry and we don't know which house to buy. <laughs> if it was up to us, we would constantly be making mistakes, making bad choices. Let the English to make the choice. It'll be much better. I mean, he answers that and he says it's about reward and punishment, he tells us. But what does that mean, really? Okay. So it turns out that the only place where we really have Bechira is in our reaction to the Ebrishter. No place else. Hakel bidei shamayim, chutz shamayim. So our response to the Ebrishter, in, in that we have freedom of choice and in nothing else. Nothing. Why? Because the Ebrishter wants our Ahava. If I don't have freedom of choice, he doesn't get my Ahava. He gets his Ahava. Right. He's loving himself. So now we know something about the Ebrishter. We know that he doesn't just want everything to be perfect. He wants a response from us. He wants a partner, not a clone. How do you have a partner? If the partner can say no to your, uh, to your, to your offer, but he says yes, then he's a partner. If he can't say no, he's not a partner, he's just a tool. So the Ebrishter had to give us Bechira when it comes to him, because otherwise he doesn't get what he wants. In everything else, much better he should make the choice and there's no harm done. On the contrary, he makes better choices. <laughs> so here's, here's where, the, where the catch is. Everybody has this problem. How do we have free choice if the Ebershtet already knows what's going to happen? You see, there, there, there's where we get trapped. The Ebershtet knows what's going to happen. So how do we have freedom of choice? In other words, if the Ebershtet makes a plan and then gives us free choice, then there's a problem. He already made a plan and his plan can't fail. So how do we have free choice? The Rambam says that this is a, a conundrum that will never work out. Human beings can't understand it. Okay, so we go to, to a source higher than a human being. The solution to that problem 
once you hear it, it's quite simple. Who says that the Abishta made a plan, then created a human being, and then gave the human being free choice? That would be a problem. That's not how it happens. First, the Abishta checks to see what your choices are. Then he makes a plan. So your free choice is absolutely free. It comes first. Knowing what you're going to choose, he forms a plan around your choice. And that's what uh, the Altarebbe said. Da malamailo mimcha, or the Maggit said. The Mishnah that says, know what is above you, literally means know that what is above the whole Hashgacha Pratis plan, the vast eternal plan that would be messed up if Tevye was rich. <laughs> that whole plan is based on Mimcha. It comes from your choices. And that's what the Raman, the Raman says, we can't understand it. That's what he means. When he says we can't understand it, he means based on your model, we can't understand it. But on a different model, we can. That's what he means? Yes. Okay. Okay. Before I sorry, you have one more thing to add over here. Go. Sorry. You, you, I was going to say how sad it is that uh, this mitzvah, you say it how you say this, and Amud Hachachma, is the most neglected mitzvah in the world today. Meaning. Meaning, ask your average from person, who spends all his life learning Torah. And you ask him, so what do you know about the Ebershter? Oh, that's mashallah tvisabe. Whenever the Rebbe would urge people who were not Chabad, urge them to learn Chassidus Chabad, the reason was because without it, you can't have Yediyas Hashem. And it's you say that you say this, and and so someone, so just to go this way, someone who's studying Chassidus and they're learning about Atzilus and they're learning about that, that, that brings the closeness and the love and the fear to Hashem that you were describing at the beginning? Well, there's one little condition. <laughs> you have to understand what you're learning. <laughs> if you learn it with Amuna, it's not called learning. Fascinating thing that the, that the Rambam says, right? What do we know about the Ebershter? First thing, what do we know? That he exists. That he is the original existence. Fascinating, fantastic. If that's what the Ebershter is, the original being from which all other beings come, then everybody believes in God. There's no one who doesn't believe that there was an original being. Why they call the original being a subatomic particle, I don't know. <laughs> but if you say everything began in a subatomic particle that, that exploded and created everything else, well, then that's your God. Don't tell me you're an atheist. You're not. You have an affinity and a love and a closeness to that subatomic part. Well, that's hard to get romantic with a, <laughs> with a subatomic particle. 
But that's your God. Don't say you don't have a God. And by the way, the belief in the subatomic particle is such a blind faith that it makes religion look like nothing. <laughs> anyway. So let's move some. Sorry, conclude then, it. We'll go one last topic. Go ahead. But then the Rebbe says something even more fantastic. What do you mean God exists? To exist, as far as we know, to exist means to occupy space. But why? He doesn't occupy space. So how can you say he exists? You can't say anything else about him because he's unknowable, right? So you can't say he's big, he's smart, he's strong, but you can say he exists. Why? So the second halacha the Rambam says, Im yale al hadas, if you go up to a higher level of das, and you come to the conclusion that he does not exist, <laughs> meaning you can't limit him to existence, then nothing else exists either, which is fine. It's a higher level of perception. So a higher level of Das would tell you that the Eberstedt is not an existent being like, like we are, he makes himself exist so that other things can exist from him. So for him to exist is a, is a descent. It's a yerid. He takes on existence in order for us to exist. Beautiful. It's another way of saying tzimtzum. Beautiful. So, so what do we know about this? I mean, this is really... So what do we now know about the Eberstein? Now we know that before he existed, he wanted something. And in order to get that, he made himself exist. So he exists because he wants. Before he exists, he already wants. And you say, well, wait a minute. Before he exists, who wants? That's it. That's the part that less much of a tree survey. If you're going to ask, before he exists, who is it who wants? The answer is the Eberster. Now you know what God really is. What God really is, is not the original existence. What God really is, is the reason for existence, including his own existence. That's called The Taiva came before his existence. Beautiful. Wow. Okay, so I think we're going to have to relearn the entire, we're going to have to, this, this, this 20 minutes will... Uh... Will, will be the synopsis, and then we'll go through the entire parakishin. Uh, have Have you ever done a class on this, Robert Friedman? Going going through the entire first parakadarama in in this way? I can tell you that I was speaking about this, and in the audience there were four young Russians 
recent immigrants who were absolute products of athe you know the atheist communist educational system they believed in nothing but what one of them said as he, as he was listening one of them said but wait a minute before he exists who wants i said god he said wow that we can believe wow it's not belief now it's your deal <laughs> okay on this note i guess are we, are we going to go one more topic just 30 seconds over here if we can just go the Ram sort of takes us through the book and he, and he covers every facet of life he covers medicine he covers going to the bathroom he covers how to eat he covers every area of life the bedroom the bathroom the kitchen and then he sort of sums that up at the end and we're going to do the scene in, in approximately uh two minutes over here but how does this sort of relate? It starts with the beginning and then it sort of ends with a crescendo over here with the totality of all of us connected to Hashem. If you could just sort of end the book for us as we're about to do the scene. There, there is a sentence, one sentence that sums up all of reality, all of life and everything we need to know. And that is a healthy person is someone whose body is perfectly balanced so it does not interfere with the mind that is intelligent so that the mind can pursue the purpose for which we exist that's all you ever need to know that's what he means by call masacha that's what it means ah, ah, ah. there's only one thing missing from that sentence a healthy person is someone whose body does not prevent the mind from pursuing the purpose for which we exist. The only thing missing is, what is the purpose for which we exist? For this, we have to go to the Rambam, who was both a doctor and a rabbi. The Rambam says, Kol masecho shamayim. So someplace, I remember where, the Rambam writes, I can't believe that a human being came up with that. That is such an incredible statement because it is so brief and it says so much. It's like, that's all you need to know. If your body is healthy, he tells you how to keep your body healthy, then it doesn't interfere with your mind. So now your mind can pursue the purpose for which we exist, and that is to bring God into Kol Maasecha, to bring God down to earth. One little sentence that says it all. The Rambam was, was blown away by it. <laughs> and we get used to saying it all the time. <laughs> and with that, I think, uh, Rabbi Friedman, if we could please honor you to please today be Messiah, we'd like to ask the moderator to please up put the very last halacha, talking about how we serve Hashem, doing the truth because it's the truth, loving Hashem. And here we go, Rabbi Freeman, please, can you please read and teach us the very final halacha of the Rambam? Can we scroll down to the, to the beginning of the Pedic? Uh, halacha Aleph. <clears throat> Amazing statement. Al yemer adam hareni eisa mitzvah satayra ve'eisa b'chachmosa k'deisha akabu kol habrochas haksuves bo. A person should not say, I will follow all the mitzvahs and do it all and study it in order to receive the blessings that were promised or 
blessings in this world or the blessings that come after you die. Olam haba, paradise, heaven. Also, a person should not say, I will stay away. I will stay away from sin. In order to avoid the punishment of Gehenna or hell. It is not appropriate to serve God this way. To serve God because of reward and punishment, that's the way people who don't learn, or women who don't learn, or children who can't learn. That's how they serve God. Because they are taught to do this temporarily until they, they mature in their knowledge. You see what it says? Ad shetarbedaton riyavdu me'ahava. See, we've gone back to the original, the beginning of the of the of the of the sefer. He starts off by saying the the main thing is to know das la das es Hashem, and he concludes by saying, if you're serving God because you don't want to suffer or because you want blessings, this is not mature. This is not das. Let's just go to the final halach. I apologize to cut you off, but we promised people it's going to be a half an hour scene. That's why they keep on coming back. Okay. <laughs> so look, again, what does he say in Vov? The only way to serve God properly is through love. And the only way to come to love is through Das. Now, to get to love, it is known and it is obvious. A person does not really acquire love in the heart, not wearing my glasses, in order to implant the love in your heart, you have to really dedicate yourself to it. First it says you should love God, that kind of love is not very deep and you don't have to work very hard, but in order for the love to be proper, you have to work hard until it becomes all your heart and all your soul. See that? Back to Das. In order to love him, you have to get to know him. To know him is to love him. So much so that the nature of the love will be affected by how much you know. If you know a little, you will have a little Ava. And if you know a lot, you will have a greater Ava. And this is not quantitative, this is qualitative. A certain kind of knowledge will produce a great ava. A superficial knowledge will produce a superficial ava. That's what he calls little. 
a person has to really devote himself to understand and to and to grasp the things that help you get to know your creator according to the human capacity Mazel tov, mazel tov. Thank you, Rabbi Friedman. Ebesha should give you long to continue being mefitz mayonis and teaching and being a mada, being a fountain of knowledge and being able to help all of us come to know the Ebesha. Thank you very, very much, Yeshekhoyach. And now, maskivu maschal ashlama, let us begin. Hilchas Krishma says that Amam Pabayim Machal Yem Kerim Krishma, we are commanded to reach Ma twice a day. When we we'll go, when we lie down, when we wake up, Rishash Bnei Derech Bnei Adam, Shaykhum. At the time where people, at the time that people rise, they go to sleep. Rishash Derech Bnei Adam, Aindim. At the time that people wake up, and this is daytime. And we are going to conclude today with our quiz. We're going to the uh, prize for today. I believe it's a uh, special set of the Rambam that is going to be given for the winner. Please, we ask the moderator to put up the quiz on the screen and let us go. Question number one. What is the opening passage that the Rambam brings in the beginning of this book? Is a Madu Abasi Ve'nish Karasi Ve'naina? Is a Matsasi Davarabi Misham Chachim Mishatid? Is a Meshech Hasel Rodechem Tzvichasel Rishalev? Or is a Meshech Hadachal Ritzenechem? Question number two. Which of these halachas are not in Sefer Ahmadah? Is it Echaz Yisaydi Atayra, Talmud Tayra, Kavad Atayra, Avedazara? Which one? Number three, what is the very first mitzvah that I'm discussing in Echaz Yisaydi Atayra? And after we just had this discussion, we know that it is Leida Sheyeshem Alika. It's not a Munab Hashem or a Avas Hashem or a Tayra Azayis, Leite Mechleves or Yisra Avedazara. Question number four, pertaining to what halacha does Ramam bring the example of two witnesses? We really believe two witnesses. Is it the belief in a Navi? Who does ISIS, who gives us signs? Is it not believing in Navi who goes against the Nabuah of Moshe? Is it both of the above or is it none of the above? Number five, in Hilchas Deis, who does an Amam call a Chassid? Who's a Chassid? Is it someone who follows the middle path? Is it someone who behaves Lofnimishar Sadin, beyond the letter of law? Or is it someone who has a positive effect on his environment? Question six, if someone was offended by his friend, the Amam says he should not, he should not keep the hate inside as Rashaim do. Who does an Amam give as an, as an example of this? Is it Achitoifel and Doeg Adaymi? Is it Amnon and Avshalom? Is it Yerav and Avat and Gechazi? Or is it Izebel and Achav? What is the teachers to student ratio which the Rambam prescribes? Is it one teacher to 20 and an assistant up to 35 and over 35 you need uh, two teachers? Is it one teacher teaches 25 students and assistant to 40 and over 40 you need two teachers? Is it one teacher up to 18 and assistant oh, up to 26 and over 26 you need two teachers? Or is it a teacher up to 15 and assistant to 25 and over 55 two teachers are needed? Question eight. Upon who does the Ramam declare tell us shulam ketanim is mechablam kram that small foxes destroy vineyards are those children who won't go to cheder? Is it cheder teachers who have an additional job other than teaching? Is it students who aren't ready to issue rulings and then make themselves into important rabbis? Or someone who rules a din in front of his teacher? And finally, finally, the final uh, question for today is, sorry here, what does the Rambam write in Hilchus Shuvah about anger, hate, jealousy, frivolous behavior, chasing honor, money, and, and over, overindulging in food? 
Does he say, oh, it's not the last one, it's number nine. They say that seeing that there is no negative action, no teshuva is needed. They say that teshuva is needed for um, also for these character traits, but it's easier to do teshuva for such things compared to stealing and the like. Or do they say that teshuva is needed for these negative character traits and it's harder to do teshuva for these things? Uh, it's harder to do these, to uh, get teshuva for a negative uh, uh, trait than it is for a negative act. And finally, how many times is that I'm saying in Mada, you know, this answer is pretty impressive. And that is one, two, three, or four. How many times did I'm say that? Okay, let's put down the uh, poll and let's. Uh... Ready to give the answers? Okay, can we take down the poll? 30 seconds, he says. All right. Let's take down the poll and let's give the answers. Can we take down the poll? Is the poll down? Quiz is down. Okay, here we go. The answers are the opening sentence of the Ramam is Meshechas Tachliyadecha Vitzitchas Tachliyashaleiv. Number two, which of these are not in Sefer Amada? It is a Kaved Hatayra. What is the very first mitzvah? It's to know that there's a God. Where does the Ramam talk about two witnesses? You'll remember he talks about that both when it comes to believing uh, a Navi. And when it comes to not believing in Navi who goes against the Torah of Moshe, it makes no difference. We have, our eyes have seen like two witnesses. Who is a chassid? Someone who goes beyond the level of the law. Number six, who does the Rambam give us an example of someone who doesn't harbor hatred inside of them? That is Amnon and Avshalom. The Rambam told us that, uh, who does the Rambam tell us? The small foxes are destroying vineyards. Those are students who aren't ready to rule themselves and they make themselves into important rabbis. The Rambam tells us in Hilchah Shuvah that what? That anger, hate, and jealousy, and all these negative character traits are actually more difficult. It's more difficult for one to do shuba for them. And finally, how many times does he say, the answer to that question is four, four times. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. May we cover and learn and study with the same diligence. And we look forward to seeing everyone back in a few weeks as we'll celebrate together the second book, Sefer Ava Yashakayach. Uh, to Rabbis Tololain and uh, Rabbis Cantor and Bush and all the others who are involved behind the scenes in making this beautiful scene happen. Thank you very much. Each Sefer dedicated to making this happen for all of us. Hatzlacha Rabbah. A good evening, a good morning, and a good, uh, a good afternoon, depending on where you are. Thank you very much.